Yeah. Oh, why did I think the side button? Do I have brain anymore? Maybe I'm not. I'm probably tired. Maybe brain go tired. no sometimes. Um, I am correctly recording now, though. I got there eventually. A one button press later. Um, yes. Um, okay. As was said mere seconds before hitting the record button, it is indeed the Movie Overload podcast. The Schubert plum fairy came down from the heavens and gifted us a gift of movies. Too many movies. And the sugar plum fairy overloaded us, over-encumbered us. I was, like, I was us. like, wow, I feel so overloaded. That, and That sounds a little bit kind of innuendo-ish. And we watched a hundred movies the sugar from a trip to the moon to Parasite and everything in between. And then... Uh, uh, we were doused in Christmas blessings. Exactly. And, and we just... We just Let me tell you... It was a white Christmas. <sighs> what? You had okay. to make it. So sorry, now I, I get it. Before it was fine. I feel like. Welcome to the I'm movie sorry. overload podcast. Now we have to uh, cut this it is all out. our weekly allotted socialization time uh, that we have each week uh, that we record and throw out into the internet like a frisbee to a dog that yells mean things at people and gets them fired from their comedy gigs for saying racist shit. Oh. Hmm. Uh, my name is Christmas tree pipe cleaner wire hanger. Cat. <laughs> Very good. I am that little, little candy cane I that am. you had stuck in your fake tree few Christmases ago, but it still is just kind of sitting there at the bottom of the box, and mm-hmm. you haven't really looked at it or touched it, but it's it's blue. It's not, like, red like they normally are, and mm. you're not really sure what flavor it is, but you're also sure that it's stale, and honestly, if you probably took the wrapper off, it would fall to pieces anyway. But you're still gonna eat that sucker one day. You will. One day. Uh... It's inevitable. <laughs> and it, what also is inevitable is that uh, even though this is not technically our Christmas special, it is around Christmas time. And, of course, we are watching not very Christmassy movies. We are oh, watching no, it's so Christmassy. The least Christmassy <laughs> movies that we can find. What's uh, more Christmassy than death? Uh, nothing. Death is a thing. Uh, I'm Hunter, by the way. Oh, hi, Hunter. <laughs> oh, hi, Hunter. There is so much internet out there. There's really And for there. some reason, on the film <laughs> side of the internet, yes. everyone has become, in the last couple of years, really, really intrigued by this little movie from 1985 does called seem, Come and See. It does seem uh, Come and Pee, as we said last week. <laughs> Don't make it <laughs> hey. a- so Sex thing. Literally was the joke that we had at the end of last episode. Sorry that you haven't listened to uh, it. I listened to it again because I had to edit it. That was not my idea. That was the, that was the candy canes idea, also. Um, sorry. Okay. Just, so, I just wanted you to know. Is that. our podcast rated as, as, as explicit? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. We, we say fuck, therefore it is explicit. Oh yeah. It's, fuck Woody Allen. Yeah. It's be- it's better to be safe than sorry. Uh, and I don't want to so worry sorry. about a children, a children, a, a children, a children a accidentally children. watch listening One to children. this. And I'm, um, s- I'm sorry, I keep derailing. 
We're going to talk about the movie. The movie is serious. Uh, uh, the movie is serious. The movie, um, as as a forewarning, yes. uh, a member of our podcast this week started the movie, <laughs> decided that that this was beyond their limits. And, TBH, and that everyone, says something about the movie. Also, <laughs> people take care of yourselves. Yes. Know your limits. Don't push yourself farther than you're willing to go. Like, yeah. take care of yourself. You do not need to watch this movie. Someone on Twitter can say that you need to watch Come and See, or you need to watch Goodfellas, or you need to watch The Godfather, because it's the greatest movie ever made. No matter what anyone says, you don't need to watch literally any movie. You don't need to watch oh, yeah. any of them. True. Take care of yourself. If you are... N- going to listen to the rest of this podcast where we explain to the one member of the podcast who did not watch the movie what happens in the movie if you think that this movie might be too much for you you don't need to put yourself through it yeah it's pretty but also andre tarkovsky made a lot of movies and none of them include war crimes Okay, Andrew Rublev has some war crimes in it, but he has plenty of movies that don't have war crimes. Go watch one of those. Sure. Take care of yourself. I know somebody who claims that their uh, grandfather is a war crime um, because he is the product of a Jew and a German during World War II. Interesting. That sounds kind of which I think is funny. Kind of great. It's cool. Does that does that have any application here? I'm I'm trying nope. to understand. Just kidding. Uh, I, I uh, see th- what I think you said shouldn't be said in the tone that you said it. You what? So I don't. I th- wait. What? How did my tone make it sound? I know. It's like what? It is oh so was it just a Jewish person and a German person completely separated from the war, or was it? Yes. Like, okay. Okay, I they was friends. They fell in love. Uh, I was thinking uh, more along the lines of something that happens in the last act of this movie, sort of thing. Uh, oh, that's not. Oh, good. yeah. No, and I'm like, yep. yes, no, that is guess, a war crime. Uh, I guess two out of three people out of us were not thinking that. I was not thinking that. But I'm sorry I'm, for I, watching the I took movie it at and face. having it in my brain. <laughs> I took but the, it at the face value. I was like, right. really distorts your perception of reality, clearly. Maybe. Potentially. That, I'm trying to just segue. That's Back. all. So, segue! The, the reputation for the movie is that it is a movie. It's, it's come and see. It's about World War II. I didn't know where and when, but then I found out, and then I did a little mm. bit of research, and I was like, oh, no. And then, uh, I mean, it just has the reputation for being about bad things happening, and that is, that's it. It's it's about a lot of nonsense happening, and it is very, it is interesting. Yeah, In like at the ways. beginning of the movie, that kid had an upsettingly gravelly voice. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. That kid was great. Really? He's only in that scene. Yeah, he doesn't really ever come back. Uh, and I thought that like he's clearly doing a bit like he's he's doing it to be funny. And I thought mm-hmm. it was amusing. Yeah, yeah he's funny because he does other voices, too. It's great. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I 
this this might be the point of the podcast where we talk about what happens in the movie Come and See. Sure. Go ahead. I'll do my best to remember. I would love to hear about it. Uh, and so, sure, let's... Where do we start? Uh, you let's... got a man being like, hey, I'm mad at someone I can't see. I'm... I'm in Belarus, and I'm sad. <laughs> and I'm so, mad. yeah, this this movie know. takes place uh, in Belarus during the latter half of the German uh, occu- attempted uh, seizure of um, what would was then the USSR, um, and so it's. Uh, so during the German invasion of Belarus uh up to I think the numbers 25% of the population were killed um mostly civilians um and this is the the story of uh it's it's based off of a book and uh somewhat inspired by the director's own experiences uh during the time and we start off uh following two kids in a field and you don't know what's happening at first and you notice some of the telltale stylistic elements of this movie uh a lot of it most of it is shot on a steady camera somewhat held handheld giving it uh a off kilter sort of uh just watching grounded realism sort of vibe also it is shot entirely with natural light sources and shot because of that a fairly fast film so it has a bit more grain to it and uh it has a constant constant state of paranoia and being watched as these kids are crawling through the mud they're looking for discarded rifles so that they can take them and join the freedom fighters. Like, and like literally just knowing that like, oh, this looks like just a bunch of dirt, but under all that dirt is dead people is with dead people. firearms that maybe we can use. Yes. So that's mm. like the state of things. And uh overhead flies a German plane that we see uh, a couple times during the film, and we're constantly meant to be thinking about that they are constantly possibly being watched at any time yeah. by the occupying forces. And they are explicitly shown to be being watched by said plane in that first bit because yeah. there's a POV shot from a aircraft. And, and it's like, wah, 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 wah. And they see the kids. Yes. And, but who knows what it means? Our main character, uh, whose name I forgot because I do not Fiora. remember. Fiora. Fiora. Uh, like I do not remember anyone's wearing. names ever. Uh, I was directing a play and I kept calling wow. the actors by their characters' names, <laughs> uh, but the wrong characters' names. Ah. I am bad. The Fiora goes back home after finding a rifle and is like I'm going to join the freedom fighters and his mom hands him an axe and is like you might as well kill all of us right now you can't leave us alone and he goes anyway and 
Thus begins a series of very unfortunate events that will leave our protagonist alone, broken, and devoid of all hope. Welcome to say our movie. Felt like that um, that opening bit was like, oh yeah, I can handle that. Something about the way that it's shot was enough that I was like, oh, I'm out just after that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on for... and, and it's like the least upsetting scene in the movie so like yeah, yeah. maybe I don't know if it's well, really yeah. there are several the variety of sort of unsettling and uh, unsavory elements I, as far as movies go like I, I have made it known on this podcast before that uh, in high school I was very much into extreme cinema uh, you know, stuff that just goes all out with the violence and the upsetting subject matter and everything. This movie shows a lot, but it also leaves a lot to the imagination. Mm-hmm. And as per usual, the stuff left to the imagination is worse. Yeah. Um, so, uh, re- reaction time. Uh, oh. We are... Uh, <laughs> We, we we follow him into oh. the Freedom Fighters village. Yeah, uh, th- they go off. Um, they they're preparing to head out on uh, expedition, and he gets set up as a guard on sort of the outpost, right and now. he gets uh, distracted um, and follows this this girl. I I like this scene because it lets the movie have a sense of humor. Yep. I found this scene really amusing. Because, <laughs> yeah, well, because, yeah, like, he sees, like, a guy coming up, and he's like, oh, what's the password? And they just keep, you just keep hearing footsteps coming closer and closer. And then it's, like, the commander of the, the group, and he's like, why didn't you shoot me <laughs> since I didn't tell you the password? He's like, uh, I knew it was you. And he was like, you're supposed to shoot people who don't give you the password. And then he leaves, and then, yeah, the girl comes up who will be sticking around, who also just is like, hey, what's happening? Okay, bye, and also does not give the password, and, like, a group of other guys come up and who also don't give the password, and he's just like, ah, please give the password, and no one does, and it's sort of amusing. I I think the (laughs) the most distressing element of this movie is not really any of the things that happen, but the general malaise of disempowerment. Yeah. The way that it completely removes uh, our main character's agency and you as an audience's True. agency, especially since it just it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go. Uh, they the the men head out are are, are getting set to head out, and um, <laughs> there is an air uh, attack on the camp, and there hmm. are massive explosions and. Uh, it is heavily implied that almost that entire like battalion of the Freedom Force stuff uh, died. I did not pick up on that. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because this is happening after they've all left and they've left him behind. Right? Yeah. They. Uh, oh yeah. So they. The guy was like, "My boots are falling apart," and they're like, "Take that, kids!" And then he, they make him give his boots to the other guy and just. It's like okay, he can stay here. It's fine, and so he's he, he's he's weeping, and the girl is also weeping. 
and they cry and be friends. Because he's desperate to go off and, and fight. Be out there. He's like it's that sort of transition. The transition, the arc of the movie is he's going from the follies of youth, yeah. being being uh, a a young person who's like, no, I have ideals. I can go out and fix the world. To uh, realizing that he has no power and the world is just terrible and he has nothing he can do. I guess I disagree a little bit. Oh. Because, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to talk about the ending yet. We can get there when we get there. But yes, it's mostly about that. Just, yeah, there's definitely disillusionment and just being like, wow. Uh, it, it starts out as, yeah, a very simplistic view of wanting to just go out and help in the war effort and then being exposed to what actually happens in the war. And yeah. it's very bad. Well, and so we later learn, uh, I think it may be from over, overhearing some troops, but all of the people who went off into the fighting died. Um, it, and they left him behind, and he's crying, and he talks to the girl, and then the air raid comes, and massive explosions everywhere, and troops are walking. And so they both escape and run back to his, house, uh, to his village. And they get back, and it's silent. And, there's, and he can't find anyone, and there are flies everywhere. He's like, no, I, I know yeah, where they've like, been. There's, there's also like signs of life a little bit. Like, like yeah. It, like it almost seemed like someone was there somewhat recently, right? Yeah, like the soup pot is still warm yeah, like there's just at, in his rents. house. And so he thinks that they must have escaped um, to this place over the marsh. And so uh, our main character and... This girl who's just following him around now because they have nowhere else to go. They run out, and as they're leaving, she turns around and she sees a pile of corpses against the back wall of the city. Mm. And uh, just kind of keeps going. Yeah. Like she doesn't call it out. No. Nope. She's just like, oh, okay, we just got to keep going. And. But we, the audience, know uh, that everyone right. in the city, including yeah. his, uh, his his mom, mom and two sisters, sisters yeah. are dead, hmm. and were killed by the Germans uh, coming through. Hmm. Uh, and then you get just that weird sequence of, like he's like, oh, they're on this island, and it's like this weird marshy bit, and it's like, just like a thin layer of like mud sitting on top of mostly water. And he's just, like, trying to trudge through it, like, sort of breaking it up with the gun as he goes. And it's very slow, and she's sort of awkwardly following behind. And it's it's kind of the first scene where just the audio gets very overwhelming. Yeah. At least. They have... So... We skipped over a bit when oh. the bombs fall in the air raid shelter. Yeah. Uh, it damages his hearing, and we get yeah. this massive, like, ringing of tinnitus yeah. that just kind of plays at it like a soft volume through like the rest of the movie yeah, and like so during that scene of getting through the the mud and water it's like there's that and there's, there's music like, playing there's very quietly in the background music and there's like him and the girl both making just these just vocalizing effort and pain and it all joins together as many parts of this movie do into just this wave of sound that's just like it's kind of disorienting in, mm. in an interesting way and especially even like when they get out of the mud and the water and they're up and they they, they don't really stop 
there's just kind of this wailing as and then she's just like yeah they're not here everybody's uh dead bud and he's like wow and he freaks out and he tries to drown her yeah he like shoves her off into the water and then like immediately goes back down and helps her yeah it's weird uh, yeah. But then they find a small group of people who are able to survive, uh, who who left the city, and uh, his his mom and sisters aren't there, uh, and the people heavily imply that uh, the German plane seeing them get him getting the gun at the beginning is the reason why they attack the city, yeah. and he feels very guilty and he tries to shoot himself before someone stops him. Yeah. And the, uh, the like the town leader guy who was calling out for them in the beginning, the, like the first guy you see in the movie is there and he's like been burnt alive and he's like still sort of alive. And he's like, well, that sucked. I was like, yeah, that looks bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> they have a Hitler scarecrow that yeah. they, uh, was interesting. they scream at. Uh, fun fact, this movie was originally titled Kill Hitler, hmm. uh, but it was s- censored because it was deemed, like, too much at the time. Kill? Kill Hitler. Mm. Um, and then, so they took the the title is from a passage in Revelation uh, yes. talking about the apocalypse um, where, like, the Lamb of God calls out. I say, wasn't and it, like, the the book title was, like, I am from the village of fire or something like that? Yes, I think that's, I think like, so. the title of the book and yeah. then for the I title s- of the I film. I assumed that that was the movie title as well. Come and See. And Come and See came from, from uh, I think, from, like, Revelation okay. 6 or something. I, I was reading. Um, where it's, like, the Lamb of God calling the prophet to, like, look upon oh, okay. the, the apocalypse uh, Armageddon. Perfect. It's fun. So, yeah. um, quick check-in. We're about a <laughs> third of the way Whoa. through the happenings of the movie, maybe a bit further. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how much do you want to watch the movie? <laughs> Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Person who didn't watch the movie. I don't think yeah. we made that clear, but you're the one who, who yes. decided not to watch it. I did it. not watch it. Um, I mean, I think it's always how I felt about this movie still. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear things and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to see that because I want to know. But at, at the same time, even just the beginning of that movie was just for some reason too unsettling for me mm. and and i just and there's not even anything explicitly like unsettling happening in it i feel like yeah yeah Except exactly for just the sort of tone setting of like we yeah. are war i guess i don't know that i'm strong enough well and so the technical aspects of the movie is very technically well accomplished mm-hmm. but it's um i again i don't it, it's very much a movie that you should know your limits when watching mm. um because it it just it, it keeps going and it keeps it has a number of scenes that uh might really get to you for one reason or another and so like uh, 
Uh, the next bit. The next bit of the movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so our, our, our main character goes off uh, with a small party of people to go get more food for everyone. Oh, yes. Because they're starving. Right. With the Hitler scarecrow. With the Hitler scarecrow. Which also, I did like how that worked out because it's like you first see it as like you see a skull like I assume a fake skull like popping out of this like body that has the jacket on it and they mold a head around the skull Mm. into something vaguely human looking. And I was like, Oh weird. (laughs) I thought it would just be a skull. Yeah. I I still, I'm not, I think they were using it as like a diversion. Yeah. Uh, for the troops or whatever, but they go to what they think is like an abandoned area to try and pick up some more food, and it's actually occupied by the Germans. They have to flee over a hill while being fired upon, and they accidentally walk into a minefield. Yeah. Oh, man. That dude gets blown up. Yeah. And you see his severed leg. That's all that's left. Uh And then they go down to the road, and uh, another one of the guys gets... uh, well, they scam a guy out of his cow first. Oh, yeah. Which is sort of amusing. In an interesting first-person-esque section, Yeah. It's like kind of, but not all the way, like a POV sequence. It, um, it reminds me a bit of the weird sequences uh, Andrei Tarkovsky has in Mirror, where you can't tell if you're watching from the perspective of someone or if like yeah. the camera is just kind of giving you the feeling as if you are yeah it, it, that's kind of how it ends up playing out i feel like is like yeah it plays out as if you are in the uh the other character's perspective the guy that the main character is traveling with um but also like the guy that they're dealing with doesn't like look at you but i guess why would he because he's also being intimidated uh, <laughs> and then you do see the gun kind of come out like yeah almost, of the camera, but it's like a little off to the side and, hmm. and it, you just hear his voice speaking, you know, disembodied to this guy. And so, yeah, it gives the mm-hmm. feeling yeah, of being perspective shot. And yes. And it sort of isn't as it, uh, it lasts a couple minutes though. Like it's, it's interesting. Mm. It, it, it's, it's an interesting, uh, technical thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then, <laughs> Uh, and then we lead into, I think, the most impactful uh, sequence from the move of the movie mm-hmm. from me, uh, where so they they get the cow to bring back to all of the people who are like still living from the village, yeah. uh, and so they steal the cow. They head back across the field, and it's nighttime now. And then suddenly you see tracer rounds like fire out from yeah, like, like the a, darkness. Like a flare goes up or something, right? And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that's like the signal. And then, yeah, just like fire from everywhere. It just lights yeah. up the field. And this and sequence, from the research I did, it is very likely that they were using live rounds while filming this sequence. Uh, and the cow, uh, so the dude he's traveling with gets shot and dies. Um the actor didn't actually die, but the cow in the scene actually does. Uh, and he's just, uh, our, our protagonist is laying in a field all night, paralyzed with fear from like, 
laying against like the corpse yeah, of a cow and his friend that he was traveling with. Yep. And uh, you can't move or else uh, he'll probably get shot down. And so he's just kind of paralyzed and stuck there until morning. Um, at which point he's able to, he, he just gets up and there. Yeah, it's all kind of fogged over. So he probably has some cover. Some sort of cover or something. Perhaps. And he goes down. He still has his gun. It's broken at this point, but he uh, because he got like shot in the cavalcade of fire from the last night. So he uses it to try and hold up uh, someone on a cart. And the person looks at him as like, you're just a kid. Uh, I'm just going to help you. You're stupid kid. What the heck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so takes off his like uh, uniform from the Freedom Fighters and, and hides his gun. Uh, and, and everything on the side of the road and uh, get uh, he gets on the cart and they head towards uh, the city and they come up with like a backstory for him uh, but the city is occupied by the Germans hmm. and uh, <laughs> so they get stuffed into this little house and there's this weird scene where the Germans are like talking to all of them it's like sort of comedic there's just a bunch of people in this room they're all arguing and like they all agree to just take this kid in and save him and they're like no he's our cousin he's our cousin yeah we knew he was coming it's all great try and make it fit in and the germans are like eating dinner or something they're like eating there and they're being very pushy about getting the right food and everything and then the german officers get everyone out and they shove them in an old decrepit church uh and and they barricade the doors and they're taunting all the people inside and like the entire town is shoved like in incredibly claustrophobic space just all together and uh they say hey if anyone wants to uh to come out and like uh surrender or like uh what was it was it like swear fealty to hitler or i don't even know if they did that i don't remember they say that people can come out and so but yeah, only well, they, they say yeah sorry yeah, you're gonna get to it. well no 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 yeah <laughs> well i don't know at least the one guy that they kind of call out later is just like you can come out if you leave uh the children behind yes that's so it they're like any adult or whatever can come out but they won't let the kids come out they won't let like parents take children out or anything and the the parents are just like throwing and their kids like, against like the openings. Oh no! <laughs> and I think at some point there's like this little kid. And they like shove him uh, back in through the window. Yeah. But our main character is able to get out, and yeah. uh, he's like, "I've seen enough. I know where this is going." Yeah. And he's like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> uh, and so he another escapes. and a woman gets out as well. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the woman gets dragged off by a bunch of Nazis and is presumably uh mm. yes yeah that'll happen a few times here yeah uh Absolutely. and then uh they throw grenades and molotov cocktails into the church and uh the entire town there. burns to death and we hear them screaming yay and he's just kind of has to like sit by and just be like oh mm-hmm well, that's happening. And then all the Nazis come together for a company photo. It's yeah, the whole thing is very like mm, gl- almost gleeful. 
with they've got just like music coming out of like a big horn on a car and like they none of them caring about the violence that they are enacting they're just like yeah this is some goofy fun time it's one of the most distressing aspects of the movie is the gleeful sadism of the invading german forces Mm -hmm. uh they're like actively taking joy in doing such horrible things and they take our protagonist and they put him in the (laughs) center and the central (laughs) captain puts a gun right up to his head for the photo and then they take the photo and you think they're going to shoot him in the head right there. And then he starts crying. They just laugh uh, at him for being such a weakling and like uh, walk off and just leave him there alone. And then he uh, reconnects with the woman uh, who's still alive, but uh, really bad state. Uh, and, and they walk on and then they find up ahead the Nazi party got ambushed by a bunch of freedom fighters. Uh, and they're same crew from before, apparently. Oh yeah. The the same leader man is there. Yeah. Uh, there are like a few people that survived the, uh, the opening cavalcade thing. And they, uh, uh, so they find the abandoned truck trucks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happens. They have the commanding officer and a few of the other officers under a bridge yeah. w- with everyone, and the freedom fighters like douse them in uh, in gasoline. Yeah, well, they seem to be debating at first, at least. They, but, like, well, and they're exactly re- what to do with these guys. Yeah. And some of them are like, we're not even Germans. We just started uh, with them and we did it because we had to and they're the real bad guys. Uh, but they're and, still like... Yeah. Well, and they're the same people that we just saw like, exactly. burning an entire yeah. town alive yeah. in a church. And they're like deflecting or like, we're just following orders. Yeah. Or the, keep, the like head guy being like, being translated through by another guy's voice and just being like, he he's not a violent guy. He didn't kill anyone himself. He's fine. Like just trying to get out of the situation. Uh, and gross. they, uh, it looks like they're gonna let them leave. The freedom fighters are gonna let the officers like get up and escape. <laughs> and then uh, they just open fire on just them. Everyone, just just kind of right. random people in the crowd are just like, fuck these guys. <laughs> And they uh, shoot them off. And then, so they all start heading off. And then our our dude, who at this point, the movie was shot uh, in sequence chronologically over the period of about nine months. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the the amount of everything that happened and the makeup and everything they have on him, uh, the kid looks like. 80 yeah his, by the end yeah he's just so haggard and dried out looking i guess in many ways but yeah he looks rough not good and he and he looks he's walking away and he looks down into a puddle and he sees a, a framed portrait of adolf hitler mm-hmm. and he takes his gun and he shoots the portrait and he there's a really interesting and as far as like famous sequences in this movie goes, this is the famous sequence where it, they intercut uh, a montage of 
Hitler's life in reverse in between shots that he's taking at the portrait of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it's like going back in time, cutting back and forth between everything that happened and everything that he did until we see like a picture of Adolf Hitler as a baby. And uh, he just looks down and he starts crying uh, and he can't take the last shot. And he just walks off and the movie's over. Well, I know. That's not how the movie ends. Oh, how's the movie you, So you get that and then you get the statistic being like, oh, this yes. many Belarusians died and it's sad. And then you continue to get footage of him like rejoining the company of freedom fighters and kind of just walking off into the forest. So that oh, yeah. is, I guess, where I just kind of took the ending to be like, this is all really bad. I am a disillusioned boy. Everything sucks and is terrible. However, there's still something I feel like an element of like, these guys are bad and fighting still matters, at least to some extent. And so I'm going to stick with that instead of not doing anything, I guess. I read it as more like staunchly anti-war in yeah, general. Right. Like how I guess that it's would make more sense. Kind of it's destroyed everyone and everything and it yeah. just keeps on going. It's not going to sure. end. And I think the statistic is like six hundred and forty nine okay. villages were like destroyed yeah. during the German occupation yeah, of Belarus. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. and uh and and he just like t- walks off and it's Yes. It's the Just movie. Saying it's like he was he's not alone at the end of the movie. Like he is specifically re, he has he has rejoined the the, the people. Yeah. The group. Are they singing? I'm people. forgetting. Are they singing at the end? I do not recall singing, but it's possible. I don't know. Remember something. Uh but anyway, it's a movie, yeah. So that is the movie. <laughs> And now that the movie is over being described with, uh, there's a lot more to the movie. There is a lot more to the movie. Uh, So first off, Hunter, what do you think of the movie? I don't know. It it isn't really something that would get into my like personal canon of movies that I enjoy more than other movies. I did end up giving it four and a half. Just mostly because of the the ending sequence was, I thought, very interesting and effective. Uh, but I don't know. It was it was kind of, it was probably going to be like a four for me up until then. Like acknowledging its masterpieceliness, but also being like, yeah, it's I don't know. It's not like my favorite. It's it is interesting though, especially because of the. Uh, sort of stylistic touches and weird things that Mm. it does in certain parts that give it a feeling and overall texture that I was not expecting. Like, I I don't know, I guess sort of influenced because I saw something on the internet describing it as like a mix of like hyper realism and also surrealism and the surreal parts like that layer that, the real stuff is presented through sometimes is sort of fascinating. Yeah. I, I yes, think the just, opening yeah. itself is really evocative of like 
Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot huh. uh, in, like, it's these two people just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and we don't know exactly what's happening, mm-hmm. and it's it's confusing, and it's it's off. It's just subtly off in a number of yeah. ways, and there's this this paranoia and this tension there, and so the the big thing with making ouch moments land is like if you're not gonna feel anything if the movie is at 100 the whole time because you just get used to it you have to have lulls you have to have that sort of wave right yeah that's why there are funny bits in the movie Mm -hmm. so that the the horrifying bits hit you hard. Yeah. And then I feel like just, again, this sort of like almost just a weird dreaminess to it. Like when the bad things start happening, it does feel like it takes on a nightmarish quality, not just in the sense that the bad things happening are a nightmare, but like it feels again, like I, I, the sound of the movie stands out. Like there's just so many moments, not so many moments, but like just, some notable scenes where again just the audio becomes this assault on the senses the the, the one sense i guess yeah and just even though maybe visually what's happening is just like yeah it's some stuff happening but like my ears are just like kind of being overwhelmed by mm. a lot of discordant sounds that are all together and it's sort of disorienting mm-hmm. in an interesting way i don't know yeah so after hearing us talk about it a lot, old candy. Uh, candy cane. I am an old candy. That's you. Old candy. We, we haven't even talked about the uh, interesting and quite. Uh, I was going to say that I don't know what you heard. They use it a lot. Uh, the the stare into the camera the shots. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of just person dead ahead just looking straight into the camera talking a bunch and back and forth and it's interesting i say what it is that all sounds like everything that i thought it would be Mm -hmm. just why i made the decision (laughs) yeah (laughs) the more i still think if you're ever in the right spot it is worth a watch like it's yeah it's got some stuff in it but like yeah it's Mm -hmm. don't don't force yourself yes it, nothing is is worth hurting yourself that much over if you're not like actively prepared to do so. I still remember. Uh, I think the first movie that I ever did that uh, was this sort of like uh, causes you to dissociate while watching it. Sort of movie uh, was Salo or the Hundred Twenty Days of Sodom, mm-hmm. which. Uh, I was not prepared for some random person. In my creative writing club <laughs> gave me his Criterion Blu-ray because he's like, "Hey, we've been exchanging stuff. It's like crazy." And I watch it and uh, fully, fully dissociate about like halfway through, like Ooh. about the third circle. The movie's like divided into different sections. I think the third circle is where they start eating human excrement. And at that point, I was completely gone. (laughs) And uh, I now have respect for that movie because I uh, immediately after watching it, I watched through all the Criterion special features and there was an interview with the director uh, 
a month before he died. Uh, And he died making, uh, as a direct result of making Salo. It was a politically motivated killing uh, Mm. because of the fascist uh, government of Italy at the time seeing the film as far too critical of their um, administration to be allowable. Uh, And while this movie doesn't have that same sort of background, I think it is valued in this in a similar way where I think it'd be very easy to come out of this movie after watching it and just be kind of overwhelmed with the senselessness of a lot of it. Like, Mm. why? Like, it, it just overwhelms you with all of the bad stuff in the world. Like, yeah, a bunch of this stuff and adjacent stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And I needed to know about it. Why? Seeing it in so much detail and letting it overcome me accomplish what exactly? And I think if it isn't followed up by, like, some greater sense of, like, political motivation and context, like, moving forward, what do we do with this? Why are we, why is this important? I think this sort of, this sort of film, because war films can so often, like, antagonize people to go and fight, even ones that are, like, saving Private Ryan, trying to be critical of a war. They're still like, but the bad guys are so bad. Uh, This kind of does get you to the point where you're like, yeah, the bad guys are bad, but, like... Just the whole the whole thing is such a mess. It's just so much. Like it's not. It's not. How 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 do you go forward from here? The, no war. War bad. Um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's really fascinating. I I appreciate hearing your thoughts and interpretations of the movie as opposed to witnessing it myself <laughs> yes <sighs> yeah yeah don't do that to yeah, yourself. You don't with the to. lack of like just just the small amount that i saw of the way that the movie is like constructed gives me a lot of sense about how all of those things would be shown on screen mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been good Mm. No, I say no. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have anything like, you know, profound to add from what I've heard y'all say, but um, do you think that it is something that absolutely belongs on this list, or is there something about it to where it's like? maybe too intense or too triggering or too um, senseless to be a quote-unquote like essential film for the for the meat for understanding the medium you know (laughs) i'm not looking at me i feel like uh i don't know i don't know that any movie on the list is like that essential at least in the way that I just mm. interpreted mm-hmm. it in this one moment of being like, you gotta see this one. Like, I don't yeah. Know. I don't feel that no, way about literally anything. 
but like yeah i think that's <laughs> actually been the surprising like surprisingly shocking thing about the way that this has gone is like the movies that we've watched have been incredible and interesting and it's like, um again the point emulating for one reason or another but yeah yeah the point but of the like, list was to be a what survey. isn't a central one you know sure. like lately i've been watching like i don't know like weird like <laughs> found footage things yeah, you know yeah, and it's yeah. like none of that heck yeah it wouldn't oh, make it onto a list like this but like yeah i don't but the point of the list was to get influential and important sort yeah. of landmark films, right? Exactly. Even if it, they're not yeah, like, defining something as essential is, yeah. I think maybe not as so much of what we're trying to do so much as, yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that there is a lot on offer here that in both yeah. in terms of its intent mm-hmm. and content mm-hmm. and its presentation. Like it's, yeah. there is a lot, more objective value perhaps you could say to this movie than than to a lot of movies even mm-hmm. if it is overwhelming and doesn't necessarily need to be enjoyed by everyone like it's absolutely a movie that's like if someone has misgivings about it i'm like that's very valid and i would not even attempt to try and persuade you otherwise like like i'm still saying to you it's like if you ever feel up to it, it's it, there's some there's something there like it's it's worth mm. the go and it is, it, it, the hard stuff, the hard stuff that's in it is the point like it's it is intentionally uncomfortable and like that's how it does its message but like mm. you know not wanting to engage with that is a very reasonable stance. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and recently I've been thinking about what this podcast is at like its core like what are we sort of grappling with here and i think we're grappling with the concept of creating a canon Mm -hmm. and the concept Mm -hmm. of canonity and as someone who spent some time in english department a lot of what spending time in an english department entails is people arguing about the concept of having a Western canon or a canon of like a collection of what should be considered essential or great literature. And so much talk about art is about figuring out whether uh, certain pieces of art are great art, certain pieces of art are good art. Should we even be trying to determine if art is like that? And... I personally think through all of this that I've just come more and more into understanding that trying to narrow down or create like a universal of what is great art or what is important art just it just doesn't fit especially being so numerically limited as we are. Exactly. By by the yeah. gimmick of our own show, we have to cut out a lot of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. and some things have weird influences, like yeah. some random nonsense. That some bad films can inspire really great mm-hmm. pieces of art down the line. You're like, well, why 
would anyone ever talk about this? Well, it inspired such and such a person. Oh, Quentin Tarantino really liked this old Japanese exploitation movie. Uh, and everyone else uh, is just like, that's gross and exploitation-y. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, like I would put Permanent Vacation on my list and it does not belong at all. But I would, I would yeah. do it. I, I Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe on the topic of canonization, like what we're doing here, like, if it helps you find something that you like and are interested in, then it is valuable and did its job. But if it is like this completionist thing that isn't satisfying or, or it's like, mm-hmm. it, it adds this like level of like demand onto what is for the most part, just the, the like enjoyment or like interaction with art i guess even if not enjoyment mm-hmm. um like i don't know like if it's not valuable to you it's not valuable to you and whether or not it makes it onto a list yeah. has yeah. no real I, value i this apparently sort of makes me think that like this project for us as the people doing it has value to me because a lot of these are movies that are like i know that they are highly regarded and are sort of important in the but like yeah they're important and stuff and they're also movies that i would not normally feel uh just like sitting down and watching normally because i just sort of gravitate to other things but like part of me still is interested and wants to experience them and see for myself what they have to offer so it's a kind of a good motivator and yeah. you know, maybe we pass some of that along secondhand, but like, I don't know. I don't know if any of that mattered, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. like just movies, even if they're not extremely the most like ones that are personally like enjoyed for fun times are still good sometimes to get to and be like, okay, I see why that matters, I guess. Sometimes mm. pushing yourself Maybe. a little bit can help you discover things yeah. that you love that you wouldn't have found otherwise. What am I talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I don't know. Thing Watching things. Watching things. Good. I need a nap. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> we need to end a podcast. I am getting... I'm running out of time. I'm sorry. So, uh... Something, something about running out of time. What? Pretty sure that's from a thing. That's from probably, Hamilton. Uh, probably. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cool. Well, so uh, find us on socials or don't. Leave us a review. Uh, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> uh, throw money into the sky and hope that the <laughs> birds carry it to us. Or don't. That's probably a bad idea. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll Watch be back next week don't. with a, the movie or don't. Uh, another movie that <laughs> won't be as tagline. much of a downer for our actual I, Christmas special. Are we watching? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it would be very amusing if it were Evil Dead 2. Uh, that would be fun. And I think it might be. <laughs> it probably is, yeah. I can't think of what else is in the 80s. Uh, there's Cinema Paradiso, but I think that Ooh. might be a few away. We're yeah. pulling up the list. We're trying. I've almost got it. It's it's Evil Dead 2, baby. Delightful. 
Let's go. Thank you all. Uh, two, baby. Be back next week with our Evil Dead 2 Christmas special. <laughs> okay, it'll be really, it'll be really enjoyable, I promise. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably watch it. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. watch it and have a good time. Yeah. I think I would um, probably like it, right? Don't watch the first one. Maybe. I, don't I know. won't. It's fine. It's a good movie, though, still. But eh, it's okay. Yeah, the Evil Dead 2, the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of it are just a loose retelling of the first movie to set up the more comedic tone of the second. Maybe without some of the weird stuff that's in that first movie. Okay, that sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye! (laughs) That's my friend. He goes, chill.